Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rumcast. We are the podcast that talks all things rum-related with the people who love and shape it. And Will, today it's the very first episode of 2024, and I don't know about you, but I've come to like this episode very much since we began doing this format a few years ago, and of course it's the predictions episode. It's prediction time. It's prediction time, and this is all, like, since I guess we did the second one of these, it's kind of a two-parter where... We get to start by holding ourselves accountable for last year's predictions, and then we that do part the, I don't like as much. <laughs> the second part <laughs> is making new, fresh predictions. So I don't, I don't know which part I enjoy more. I think you know I've I've gotten a few predictions here and there over the years, and that's all yeah. always a nice feeling. I think you've gotten a few as well, so yeah. that's always nice. And I don't know, crafting the predictions themselves is an interesting exercise because there's a lot of different ways you can take them in, and I've also noticed that it kind. I don't want to say it gets harder every year, but it gets a little bit harder every year because you don't want to just keep thing, right? Yeah, Yeah. you don't like like you know. I think one of my predictions last year or a couple years ago was that a distillery would make a major investment in sugarcane, and honestly, Mm -hmm. I could I feel like that will happen again this year. But I can't just keep trotting out the same prediction. I got to think of something new, you know. So much pressure. Yeah, it is, and for me. It's also like I'm tempted to go back and do the ones that didn't quite get there now in a different mm, way because right. like I, I I still feel like, oh, maybe I was close with one and I want it to come true. Right. So I'm like willing it to happen by adjusting it. But no, I didn't do that really either. So you want to save yourself, new. save yourself from full mea culpas <laughs> and, and salvage past predictions. Oh, I'm going to have plenty of mea culpas in this one, I think, already. So, <laughs> well, before we get to that, one announcement at the top of the show, I did want to mention that we, you know, it's a new year. We're doing new things, John. We're making new predictions. We're doing all kinds of new stuff. And one of the mm-hmm. new things that we did was something we've been talking about for a while, something that people had asked us for. And honestly, I don't know why it took us so long to do it because it's been super fun since we did it. But we launched a Discord community for our Patreon members. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with Discord, it's a community chat platform, essentially. So if you use Slack at work, it's kind of like that. But fun instead of uh you know anxiety inducing when you hear the little slack notification it it doesn't give you anxiety it's just uh fun and and joyfulness but yeah it's a place to talk rum and connect you know share recommendations exchanges things like that you know we always have so much fun on our monthly happy hours with patrons that it just seemed natural to let's create a cool fun space that you know anyone can join but you know, doesn't come with all the baggage of Facebook communities and stuff like exactly. that. So it's yeah. got a cool vibe so far and I'm, I'm excited about it. So, yeah. I, I think there's a place for a lot of this, right? There's a place for Reddit. There's a place for Facebook groups and there's a place for a Discord group like the one we're building with well more than, way more than 120 now Patreon subscribers we have, Will. So, I mean, that's in and of itself, there's enough people on there to create this community and for it to be fruitful and beneficial for everyone, you know, who wants to take part. So I think it's it's a nice thing where it's it's big enough, but it's not too big to the point that it becomes toxic, which I think we've got plenty of space before it gets to any chance of becoming toxic. So, yeah, uh, this this isn't uh, designed to limit the people joining. So please come, please come and join us. There's plenty of room. Yeah, I feel like there's a sweet spot in there and I feel like we're near that sweet spot right now, if not in it. So, yeah. And and more stuff is coming. I know we can't really say everything yet, but I did want to mention, will the hundredth episode 
of the Rumcast yes. is coming this is the soon. 90- this is the 99th episode of the Rumcast. Yes. So it's the next one. We've been hard at work planning, organizing, a lot of logistics involved with this episode. So I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be something different than any episode we've done before in the past, which seems fitting given, you know, you got to do something special for the 100th episode. Right. So yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but we're excited about that and are going to be working on it pretty hard over the next couple of weeks here before it comes out. So keep an eye out for that. And also, if you do want to join in on the Discord fun, you just go to patreon.com slash the rumcast to join p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash the rumcast. Makes it easy to do that. But with that said, I think it's time to get to the predictions. So we will just take a quick break and then we'll come back, hold ourselves accountable, and then make our official (laughs) predictions for the rum world in 2024. Right, we're back and it's prediction time, Will. But first, you know, we have to go over our previous predictions and yep. see how we fared. Yep. So, uh, Will, I think let's just start with yours and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. And we'll see how, how it goes and how, how we did. So, just um, so, so to, to recap a little bit, we each, every year, we make three predictions and right. then we have a little thing where, like, say I make a prediction, oh, then yeah. John tells me whether he is. Buying my prediction, selling my prediction, or holding on my prediction. So kind of gambling conventions. But if you buy it, it basically means like, yeah, I think I, it's a good prediction. I'm, I'm with you on that. If you're selling mm-hmm. it, you're saying, ah, I don't think that's going to happen. You're wrong. And if you're holding on it, it's kind of like, maybe I think that could happen, but I'm not sure this is the year for it. It's kind of how I interpret those things. So I think that's right. My yeah. first prediction for last year, so that was 2023, was that there would be three or more releases from distilleries that featured multiple sugarcane byproducts. So meaning something like a blend of molasses rum and cane juice rum, part of like an ongoing trend of just what we've talked about a lot of more yep. distilleries using more parts of the sugarcane plant, not necessarily more parts of the plant, but just more things that come from it, not just making a molasses rum or just making a cane juice rum, but bringing in different components and things. And I will say, I I thought about this more. And one thing I realized that I didn't mention on the previous episode was that I wasn't really in clear a lot of rums, especially in the United States that are like a blend of molasses and some type of raw Mm -hmm. cane sugar. Sometimes that's because the molasses that they're able to get just has extremely low sugar content. So putting that sugar into the fermentation, it's not like it makes the rum sweeter or anything, but it gives it more fermentable sugars. Also some raw sugars, give you kind of grassier notes and things like that. Some of them do retain like kind of more cane qualities. So, but I wasn't really thinking of those when I made this prediction, this was more in terms of like molasses and cane juice or molasses and cane syrup or cane juice and cane syrup. Those were kind of the byproducts I was thinking of because if I was including the other one, like those rums come out all over the place every year in the US. So that's not really making that much of a prediction. So Anyway, with all those caveats in mind, I looked into this. You know, there were some release, releases I saw throughout the year that I thought tracked with this. But I, f- I feel like this came true, but there's an asterisk on it, John. So <laughs> let me tell you why that is. So 
there was two releases I thought of right away and was like, oh yeah, these are in the bag, right? The double agent Isadier releases, which were yep. unaged rums released from Isadier Distillery in Reunion. Uh, one of them fe- uh, was comprised of 65% molasses-based rum, 35% cane juice rum. The other one was the opposite. It was 65% cane juice rum, 35% molasses right. rum. So I was like, boom, I've got two releases right there. This I is exactly that. what I was talking yeah. about. So here's where the asterisk comes in. When I was going back and just researching, because I wanted to make sure that that rum didn't come out in like 2022 and I just missed it or something like that. Okay. And in my research, I did discover... I do think the bottles came out in 2023, but there was an article on Rum Porter magazine, the French publication, in November of 2022 that was announcing that those releases were coming. So all I can say is that I am 99.9% sure that I didn't see that article before making my prediction last year, because otherwise it feels (laughs) like it would have been a pretty easy prediction to make. I already knew it it would mean that I already knew two were coming and there really only had to be one more. So you know, I'm putting myself at the mercy of people's trust in in myself out there with this, but I wasn't aware of the article. So I do think that the rum hit shelves in most places in 2023. So I'm giving it, I'm counting it, but with an asterisk, like I said, then beyond that, the only other release I could find that truly matched this prediction, because in the prediction, I did say that they would be distillery releases, not independent bottler releases, which Mm -hmm. makes this a little tougher because there was a release from Down Island Spirits, the Brazil rum that they released, which was 80% cane juice and 20% molasses. But it was an independent bottled release, even though it did come from one distillery. So, you know, it's kind of, but not really. But I think I was saved near the end of the year when a few episodes back, we had Zan Kong and Maggie Campbell on the show, and we Mm -hmm. used it as an opportunity to ask Zan about the new Worthy Park Overproof rum that was making the rounds after UK Rum Fest. And I think there was a little bit of discussion among rum enthusiasts of like, is this a cane juice overproof rum? Is it a blend? Because I think there's like a sticker on the bottle or something that says, you know, fresh cane juice or something like that. However, when we asked Zan about it, when he was on the episode, he did say it's a blend of our molasses and cane juice marks. So again, this would be another one that I do believe would count. A few releases, again, that like that I that came to mind, but I was like, ah, actually, when I think about that, that wasn't really what I was talking about. Papal in Haiti, which was a blend of many different Haitian Clarin producers and also Distillery de Port-au-Prince, which makes Providence rum. You know, the, there I think there may be some cane syrup. I think one of those is made with cane syrup. If I, or Providence is made with cane syrup. Yes, and there's some Providence. cane juice in there. However, it's not from one distillery. Also kind of a independent, dependent bottler, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call mm-hmm. Bellier there. And then the TCRL High Seas rum, which was a multi-country blend. I wasn't really thinking of multi-country blends in there either. So if you're, you know, those come out all the time. You know, I think the High Seas blend is from Jamaica, I think Martinique and is Panama the other country? Forgive me if I'm if I'm forgetting that off the top of my head, but I think it's a, a you know a, a lighter column still aged rum. Yeah, it's the other I don't have a bottle yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually just picked up a bottle. I have some thoughts mm. to to share on that that I'll probably do in our our bonus episode later this month. But anyway, 
All that to say, so if we count the slightly asterisk double agent releases from Isadier and the Worthy Bark Overproof release, I think that gets us to three. I, I got to say, I think in my prediction, I said three to five. And it, there, it's possible there are some rums I'm missing because, you know, rums come out all over the world. I may have missed some. If you saw some that you think fit the bill, send us an email at hostarumcast.com and let me know. But honestly, I thought I was going to clear three easily. So I was a little disappointed to only get to three. But I, you know, I do think it comes close enough to get the prediction correct depending on how you grade the asterisk inclusions in there so i'm gonna be gracious and give you this one in the hopes that your <laughs> look grace on your will face be re- is like the, uh, the grace will be returned okay <laughs> <laughs> um, okay I I really do feel like it was fulfilled. I, I agree and appreciate some of the caveats that you're pushing forward there, but I feel like the spirit of it is what I'm concerned with. Mm, the spirit and I of it. I feel like okay. the spirit is was met. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So you're hoping that I will return the same. The same. It was the spirit of the prediction, not necessarily the the preciseness. Right. Right. I, exactly. I do want to say another thing. This this rum hasn't come out yet, but it was an announcement that happened in 2023 that signaled that more of these rums could possibly be coming. And that was the new distillery that, uh, is, is it Kilcomon, John? Is that how you say the, the Scotch whiskey uh, producer? Kilcomon? I always said, said Kilcoman. Kilcoman? Okay. Well, but I don't know. I have no authority with that at all whatsoever. Scotch experts can reach out and, and correct what I'm sure was my brutal pronunciation of it. Anyway, they are start building a new rum distillery in Barbados. And Frank Ward is a consulting partner on the project, I believe, of, of former Mount Gay renown and Mount Gilboa renown, so past Rumcast guest as well. And in the announcements, it said that they will be making a pot still rum that will be made from sugarcane juice and cane syrup. So again, more signals that this is coming. So maybe that mm-hmm. adds to the spirit of the prediction, John. The rum wasn't released yet, so. but you know they said that it's coming. So yeah, and, the- and uh, I mean, look, you know, we are doing this on an annual basis, so we try <laughs> to give ourselves that time frame. But there really is a little leakage both after and before leakage and- yeah i like that the, the <laughs> leakage factor okay and i promise we won't you know keep trying to you know apologize for the impreciseness of all our predictions with with all of them but just trying to get those those caveats out of the way now okay so uh, i'm i'm glad you said that because that's a good segue into mine it, all, <laughs> all of mine i tried to be really specific in certain ways uh-huh and I feel like that is now coming back to bite me mm. in more than one way. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example in my first one of, of what I mean by that. So my first prediction was unaged rum sales in the U.S. will have 10% growth over 2022 and that they will grab a bigger percentage of the overall rum market share versus aged rums. Very precise. So it was precise, but it's uh, immeasurable. A little hard to track. I, how? Yes. Like, I, I couldn't find any way. I asked in multiple forums online. I tried to talk to some people that are in the know that would mm-hmm. kind of know whether or not. And basically, I get the answer of, yeah, you're never going to be able to get that data. You're going to have so, to hire a consulting firm and, and they will come <laughs> up with a number to tell you. They, they were they were basically giving me an answer, and I think I think one of them was Richard Nicholson, who who listens to the podcast in New Zealand Rum Society, mm-hmm. and he was saying like you have a hard enough time even just trying to find you know some of the data of like aged versus premium versus it, right. it's really difficult to parse things out in certain ways like that. So, uh, you know, 
I have no way of really knowing, so I'm going to have to rely on the spirit of this prediction. Uh, ho- hopefully, and- you learned something. Hopefully, this informed your predictions for this year as well. To to you know, stay away from the the super precise businessy s- statistics and such. <laughs> Definitely not. No. <laughs> so okay. So going back to what I ca- I I can't know this. Mm-hmm. I'm really stumbling over this one because it's it's a little embarrassing and. Um, <laughs> I, I should have known, like before I made the prediction, whether or not I could get the data. But I was, you know, uh, too caught Everyone up with give, being right. Give John the same amount of grief for this <laughs> that you give him for the fantasy drafts. That'll really make the lesson hit home. I mean, this one's more deserved than the fantasy draft. <laughs> uh, so, uh, long story short, is I do feel like we did see an uptick hmm. in an unaged uptick. rums. Okay. But I have no basis for this data-wise to, to prove that. So mm-hmm. I'm going to rely upon you. I'm going to rep- rely upon many others. It, 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 remember, I said specifically in the U.S. Because I know, yeah. you know worldwide, there's definitely uh, a lot of unaged rum that does get you know, consumed and bought. But in the U.S., I don't feel like it was as big a thing until this year. And if you look at just the sheer number of releases mm. of unaged rums, that I think can be like a a lagging indicator of the fact that the category itself is growing. Well, the the bone that I will yeah the the anecdotal bone that I will throw you is that I do think I saw a lot more. Particularly, there were a lot of Mexican rums coming yep. into the U.S. over the last year, which are most of which are unaged. There, there were some interesting age releases, like the Alambique, Alambique Serrano, Serrano was one of them. Mm-hmm. They did several single casks, I think. And also, there's just more and more rum agricole coming into the U.S. Yep. as well, different brands popping up. So I do think in the enthusiast rum market, the amount of unaged offerings did go up and then even beyond mexico like we had the two ecuadorian releases exactly the puro de surales the mm-hmm. el amparo el amparo yep so it, it does seem like there were and the in, Valle de trezor which i'm brutally yeah. mispronouncing uh-huh. but you know and there were others uh yeah. unaged agricoles that came out so you know just from that i feel like there was definitely growth in the category at least at least there's been growth on the shelf Okay. Well, there was. We'll say that there was ten percent growth in the category of unaged rums in your mind over <laughs> the last year. And one hundred percent. We'll we'll count. We'll, maybe you can have half credit for that one. You know, I'll take half credit. Honestly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. My next prediction will be refreshing for you because I'll be receiving zero credit for it. So, <laughs> and I feel Ooh. like it's pretty black and white. So my second prediction was that one major rum distillery was going to heavily pull back on cask sales to third parties, a la St. Lucia Distillers, how mm-hmm. we all know St. Lucia Distillers used to sell more you know, aged casks to third parties. There were the, the wonderful Hamilton releases. There were some independent bottling releases. And then you know, I think it was very publicly well known that they just decided to stop doing that. And basically, my prediction was that if 
the, the prediction was that this will be such an obvious thing that happened that it will just be general knowledge, much like the St. Lucia distillers move. It's not something right. we'll have to really like dig into behind the scenes and, mm-hmm. you know, go undercover to find out or anything like that. It'll just be common knowledge in, in the rum enthusiast sphere. And you know what? I never really heard about that happening definitively. So <laughs> I can't say that that prediction was correct. And you held on this prediction, which is seeming to be a prescient mm-hmm. decision now. So, yeah, I don't really have that much to say other than a swing, swing and a miss on my part I, on that one. So, I mean, if you missed, I don't think you wildly missed in the sense that I feel like there were rumblings of this type of mm. thing. There was, you know, whispers. I got thrown a curveball. I got, yes. I got thrown a curveball and it just... Yeah, yeah and you yeah, were trying yeah. to hit the fastball. Yeah, I don't know. I don't watch baseball, just, so these, this analogy you, is you, falling apart, but you know you what I'm saying. You pop-flied and, you know, to center <laughs> yeah. field and they caught it and it was, a, it, you were out. But I don't think it was like a wild, you know, swing is what okay. I'm saying. All right. I, I, I give you a little bit of credit because I do feel like I heard this a couple of times from various people in the industry that things may be getting a little tougher in mm. this direction from certain places. Yeah, and but again, yeah, I, I, I heard similar things, but it just never yeah. got to the degree of yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, distillery acts like way right. cut back and everyone knows right. that kind of thing to the point where the distillery is willing to talk about it and that sort of thing. So yeah. anyway, if anyone from a distillery that did decide to cut way back in 2023 is listening to this and now you want to tell everyone and make <laughs> me retroactively correct, please reach out to us. Host at rumcast.com where we're always willing to take emails Okay, John, that was my second prediction of 2023. What, what was your second prediction? Remind me. Okay, my, my second prediction was five releases with age statements of seven years or under in okay. 2023. I bought this prediction. Y- you did, because I felt like it, 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 seemed, it seemed right. We had talked about like the new American oak aging influencing certain things and that, yep. that, that was bringing younger things to market. Um, And we had also talked about how there's this stigma of age on a bottle and, you know, the longer something is aged, the the more there's a perceived value in it and how we thought we were making progress with that. Sure. Well, I'm not sure we made too much progress uh, because I had a hard time finding these to support it. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you what I did find. And I don't know if this counts, if you'll give me half credit for this, because okay. I, don't, I can't honestly say it's within the full spirit of what I was suggesting, but it is similar. And what that is, is there's plenty of releases out there that came out that are under seven years aged or seven years or younger, but the way that they have put the labels on the bottle mm. is... This was distilled or, you know, in whatever it is, you know, 2019, whatever. And so they don't put a a three-year age statement on it or a five-year age statement on it. You just don't really see that. And frankly, I'm not mad at them for that in a way because it subverts the whole idea of like, well, if you put the number on there, you're losing perceived value. But if you put it just as, hey, this was distilled 2018 or 2020... And it's a good rum, right. you know, obviously we, we will know, okay, if you're releasing it out and it's been aged three years, or it might say it somewhere on the back in, in the print or whatever, but it's not prominently on the label. And that's really where my head was going, was prominently on the label. I did find a couple, Will. I did find oh, yeah. at least a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, like you said, the Papillon 4, there was uh, a, a few more out there. 
The um, TCRL so, Mauritius three year had yeah. three, I, I believe, was on the label. Yeah. And and there are more. There are more out there. Even some rums that I really am not familiar with, but see it. Uh, there was one, I'm going to try to find it real quick here so I don't mispronounce it. Kakira Dark Rum, which is on the banks of Lake Victoria, the source of the River Nile. This is a Lion release, L-Y-O-N, special yeah. edition. Aged five years. It's got the the seal, the sigil on the label for aged five years. But then, like, I don't know anything about this, and I don't, I can't really, you know. It wasn't really in the spirit of what you were predicting, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think where, I think your prediction hinged a little too much on the prominent age statement on the label right. because there exactly. are tons like you were saying i mean all of those alambique serrano releases exactly i mean there were multiple single casks yes. if you go to the website it says you know this one i believe this was the first single cask aged nine months but i'm looking at the label and you know i don't see prominent nine month age statement anywhere nope. on there nope. also I, that renaissance mm-hmm. distillery rum that i included in our end of year episode was a three-year rum but I, I, it just has 2018 on the label it doesn't have the three on there anywhere and then i, I know you, you beta have like, Tresor had had some aged right, rums that i'm right you know 99 sure were under seven years but they didn't have any kind of age statement on them so right um you have yeah. things like privateer which has sure. done that on their label for a while but again i'm not even sure number one i wouldn't i would only count them once i wouldn't count them for all the different bottlings okay sure. and, and i don't know that it's really the prominent thing that i would was talking about so okay i feel like i just went a little too big okay and uh when i said five releases i think that might have been a little large mm. so i i feel like i got somewhere with it but it's it, it's i can't give myself credit for this one will okay well you know i was kind of edging towards giving you half credit there but you seem pretty resolute on not accepting any credit for this one so 25 percent credit okay. <laughs> <laughs> a quarter quarter credit your credit shares are really going down as as we get further in these predictions so it's not getting better um, okay well we'll close thing out cl- close things out with my 2023 predictions with one that i probably deserve 25 percent credit on as well because this was my big swing prediction Mm -hmm, for the year, mm -hmm. John, the one where I want, you know, you said the last one wasn't really a wild swing. This one was a wild swing, which was, was. I predicted there would be a new celebrity rum brand release, but not just any celebrity. I thought it would be from a celebrity who has a connection, you know, like being originally from a rum producing country and sourcing the rum from that country they are from. So I went as far as naming three specific celebrities I thought could potentially do this. One of them was Bad Bunny starting a celebrity yep. rum brand with rum Seems source from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I just mm-hmm. feel like this is one of those things where I'm going to be someone who is ahead of their time on <laughs> on this. So remember this mm-hmm. and, and if mm-hmm. whenever this eventually happens. Um, the other one was Rihanna doing a rum brand source in Barbados. And then the other one, definitely the biggest reach out of all of these, but I wanted to make some kind of Nashville connection was Keith Urban and Nicole Kidman coming <laughs> together to release an Australian celebrity rum brand. Made sense. Um, none of these happened. Uh, much to my they chagrin, mm-hmm. but there was a very, a, a huge it's celebrity true. rum band that, mm-hmm. that, that launched probably the biggest celebrity brand out of any that are out there right now. I mean, I think 
Bruno Mars has a lot of modern fame, you know, with with Selvaray, but this is from uh, a, a, a band that is, you know, one of the iconic bands of all time, maybe the iconic rock yeah, band doesn't get much of all bigger. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rolling Stones, uh, near the end of 2023, announced mm-hmm. that they would be releasing their own rum brand. And yeah. this isn't just a thing where they like slap their name on it. If you go to the website, it actually says the very first product owned by the Rolling Stones, which I thought was a pretty amazing claim, but it's on their own website. So I, you know, I don't think I can dispute it. I guess it wasn't including like their CDs, which I would guess are, <laughs> are owned by the Rolling Stones. Though perhaps the labels and stuff own a piece of that as well. Anyway, this rum is called Crossfire Hurricane. Um, yeah. a name which I really don't like, which I'll get <laughs> yeah. to, I'll get to in a moment. But actually, you know, there's some things about this rum I don't like. I'm not a fan of the name. I'm not really a fan of the bottle, just the way it looks. However, it's a blend of aged rums from Jamaica, Barbados, and Dominican Republic. It's 80 proof, which, you know, disappointing, but kind of expected uh, for something like this. Uh, $37 price point. And, you know, the thing is, if this doesn't have additives in it, you know, I don't see any of that disclosed on the website or the what I've seen of the label so far. But if this is an additive-free blend of Jamaica, Barbados, and Dominican Republic, this could end up potentially being like a solid presentation of rum to a wide audience of people who are probably, you know, a lot of them, it, it might be the first rum they've ever, you know, tried neat or something like yeah, that. So I'm fair. a little optimistic that it could be a decent rum. However, like I said, not a fan of the the packaging, really. I don't know, there's just something about the font on the bottle. It just looks a little goofy to me. And like I said, the name, I realize it comes from the hit Rolling Stone song, Jumpin' Jack Flash, opening line. I was, I was born in a crossfire hurricane, but... I, it, it sounds like it sounds like it's a new edition of of Battleship or like a Hot Wheels <laughs> set or something like that to me. You know, it's, it sounds like an '80s board game, like Crossfire. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I think that was a Hot Wheels thing. Um, yeah, it was some kind of like little you know car toy when I was growing up mm-hmm. in the in the '90s. I remember the commercials. And so, yeah, but uh, who knows? Oh, one interesting wrinkle with this is that it's okay. actually being proofed, filtered, bottled, and labeled in your home state of Florida at a distillery called Point Distillery in Newport Ritchie, Florida, which I believe yeah. is outside Tampa. Mm-hmm. And they won the contract. I think there was some kind of bidding process. And so it will be proofed, filtered, bottled, labeled, and sent out all over the world. The distillery said they're hiring at least 20 new workers to process the rum. So uh, that's pretty interesting. Anyway, the, the last thing I wanted to note with, I wanted to offer a better name. Uh, okay. if, if they are thinking, maybe they go back on this. I don't know. Names don't okay. always last forever. So yeah. I was like, I'm positive if I just look at the discography, I can find a better name than this that also comes from a song. So I turned to what is my personal favorite Rolling Stones album, Exile on Main Street. And there's a song on that album called Loving Cup. And the mm. chorus is, give me a little drink from your loving cup, just one drink, and I'll fall down drunk. So, loving cup rum, you know, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10 name, but it's better than Crossfire Hurricane. Come on. I, it's it's positive. It's more like the sort of spirit of rum, I feel like. I do feel like maybe the I'll fall down drunk thing is a little bit of a liability for them. <laughs> 
in encouraging uh, binge drinking too much, but I feel like it's better than Crossfire Hurricane. Come on. I don't know. I think you should leave the marketing to me because I think Satisfaction Rum would be much better. Satisfaction Rum? Are you yes. kidding me? Satisfaction That is rum. trash. Yeah. No, 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 that's great. That's horrible. Satisfaction rum. It just rolls off the tongue. It's like, oh, I'm going to go pick up a bottle of Satisfaction. Satisfaction. It's in the name that you're going to like it. That sounds like you're, a brand of a stick of gum it. from the 1950s. That's terrible. <laughs> Loving Cup is where it's at. Um, write in, let us know which name you think is better. Uh, okay, so anyway, I'm not giving myself credit for that one. You know, obviously the Rolling Stones are a big celebrity rum, but yeah. I'll be monitoring it. I, I'm going to try to get a bottle if, if I see it. And so I could see if it's, you know, giving a proper representation of rum uh, to the newbie rum drinkers who I'm sure will be consuming it. (laughs) All right. So my last prediction that I have to go over here, which is another one that I just went so specific on. And we tried to be specific. As you mentioned, we try to be specific when we do these to hold ourselves accountable. And then I have to say, I'm going to account for probably not much again, unfortunately. <laughs> well, John, mine were all specific, and I didn't have a problem, you know, finding out if they happened or not. I don't not. know. You, you missed on two. And you gave yourself half credit on one. So we were pretty p- piss poor all the way around. I think I gave, my, I gave myself full credit with an asterisk on one of them. So <laughs> that's different than half credit, okay? Uh, I'm just saying, okay. I was able to okay. at least say whether mine happened or not, definitively. Well, well, I can tell you that I think this last one happened, but I, I can't yet prove it. Okay. But I feel like are you, are you still gathering evidence? I, I may have to come back and gather evidence for this one because I thought, Will, so here's the story. I thought I had this one in the back. Do you want to share what the prediction is? Yes. It's two or more releases that are $599 or higher in price. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I, I definitely saw this happen in 2023. So I went back to start looking and saying, okay, let me just get, you know, it two. That's not Confirmation. too hard. Right. Yeah. And I, the first thing I thought of was Appleton 17. Only $500. It was only 500 What a bargain. It was only 500 What a bargain. And then, and then I thought, well, wait, hold on. The Mount Gay single estate. Mm, that four, one, 400 right? 400 <laughs> So I was like, son of a B, man. I was like, I was so close, but missed it by $100 or so. There was a couple other ones that I found that got close. One that actually did meet it on the nose, which I'm kind of sad to report, but Papa's Pilar Ernest release was $5.99. Okay, um, there you go. And that was one. You're halfway I, there. I, I, and I looked yesterday, and I looked today a little bit, and I'm sure I'm just missing it, because I did find there was a Brugal release called Andres mm-hmm. that was like $1,500, but it technically came out in 2022, mm-hmm. And okay. I didn't know. I didn't see yeah. it. You know, like you said in your first one. So maybe asterisk it. Well, can it, I can I give you my impression of this prediction? Because okay. I bought I bought this prediction when you yeah, made it. Yeah. And I think the spirit of the prediction was that these releases would be from producers. It would like be stuff we wanted to buy. That's true. Is You're that right. is that the spirit of it? Because I was that, imagining that was. like the Appleton 17s, the Mount K single estates, and those ended up right. both coming a little bit under. It was um, short. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Papa's Pilar Ernest. I don't think that's one that would be on our wish list. No. Yeah. I don't know. It's a tough I got break. so close. I got so close, but I feel like I missed it by a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah I, I think the miss is more in the price point rather than the, because there were, you know, a number of releases that qualified as being 
enormously expensive. And so I think in the spirit of it, it's like you kind of got it, but you set the mark a little too high, so you missed on it. Yep. All right, well, that's enough for our 2023 predictions. It's time to get to our 2024 predictions. We have not shared either of these with one another and I'm eager to hear yours. I, I went first with the recounting the 2023 predictions. Do you want to be the first to share the 2024 prediction for the world? I, of I can. I can. And I look forward to your, your hopeful, the trend continuing with your big swing on the last one. And I will continue a trend for mine, which is to try to be zany enough to connect these in some way. Oh, a theme. Uh, I think your theme last year was the theme of more. Yes. Yeah. And this year, Less. I'm going for... Marks. Marks. Oh, okay. I'm going for Marks, but it's not the Marks that you might be thinking, although it is tied in. Guy's name and Mark? Yes. Oh, is it seriously? <laughs> it was a joke. It is kind of a joke, but I'm going to try to tie this in. So I've got six Marks, and okay. uh, these six Marks, two each, are going to help me inform what the prediction was. So the first one is going to be a mix of Mark Cuban... Mm-hmm. for his business savvy, and St. Mark the Evangelist, because it is evangelizing what rum can do. Is so, St. Mark the Evangelist, is that the mark like from the Gospels? Is that the same is. mark? Okay. I believe it is, yes. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> okay. My, my head is spinning. Okay, Mark Cuban, <laughs> the guy who just announced yeah. he's leaving Shark Tank and also sold a big chunk of the Mm -hmm. Dallas Mavericks, although he allegedly will be retaining control over basketball decisions. And that guy, the, the, the St. Mark, the St. who wrote the the gospel of Mark. Yeah. Okay. It's it's very similar. Okay. Talk me (laughs) through this. All right. So my prediction is we are going to see in 2023, two very similar type of sets to the Hampton eight Mark series. Okay. And I think the success of that, release will spark more interest in well-crafted sets from single distilleries that have the ability to produce different marks or use different stills or other distinct variations of interesting experiences and that it will include because we have to try to be specific here even if it makes us wrong more than not Mm -hmm. it is i'm defining that as three or more distinct bottlings in the set has to be at least three or more okay so it can't just be a two two bottle set exactly okay right and at least 400 milliliters of total product, right? So it could be four 100 okay. milliliter bottles, right? Something. I don't. I don't think it should be taster sets, like you know the little 10 centiliter right. or whatever those right. things. Are. It can't Not be a little. It can't be like. It can't be like little two ounce bottles. A, right or one ounce. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 100 milliliters of product or more, and at least so a total of 400 milliliters for this set, and it's intended. This is important. Intended to measure against one another for the purpose of highlighting the diversity capable within a single distillery. So it's not just a gift pack, right? Okay, I got you. There is an intention Mm -hmm. in doing so in order for this to qualify. It has to be somewhat similar to what Hamden is doing in the 8 Mark series. Okay, well, several things. First of all, I think this is the first time that we've ever shared a prediction in common. Ooh. Which is funny okay. because the idea of this came up on our last patrons happy yeah. hour. I don't remember how we got on the subject. I, I think maybe someone asked us if we thought someone else would do something like this. And then someone raised the idea of like, oh, maybe that could be a prediction. And yeah. I think on the when we were on the happy hour, I was more like 
yeah, there are some people I could see doing it, but I don't think it will happen in the next year. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know what? I could see this happening this year. And so I had this listed as one of my predictions um, okay. that there would be, I, I wrote down eight marks copycat. Um, <laughs> that's a little too, uh, I don't think so. I don't think doing this will make someone a copycat, even if they got the idea from the Hampton eight marks set, which is what we are basing this off of Hampton's release that included all eight of the types mm-hmm. of rum that they make in unaged form in um, 200 milliliter bottles. But I, I think, like you said, seeing the outpouring of enthusiasm from the rum community that that release sparked, I think is going to be making the light bulbs pop in other, you know, creative producers willing to go out on a limb a little bit in the rum world and do something that's a little bit more of a specialty release, not intended to be mass market or a huge moneymaker or anything like that. But I like those rules that you fleshed out because I didn't really define it as precisely as you did. I was just kind of operating on a like, we'll know it when we see it, if it's, you know, something similar to the Mark's collection. But I like the parameters that you raised. Can I throw out, and I think we talked about some of these together already, but can I throw out some of the candidates that I have for this? And I'm sure that yeah. you've, you have some in mind as well. I do. So this is one we talked about, Demerara Distillers Limited. Rather than doing yep. a Marks collection, though, I think what they would do is probably a stills collection. Right. So something with at least three or more stills. I, obviously, they're going to do the two wooden pot stills, and I think the in more still. And I think they throw in some of the other ones as well, probably, but they could do a really compelling tasting set. And honestly, it would probably be easy to do easy to do because they could do fewer than eight bottles, but there's all kinds of different directions they could go in there. St. Lucia distillers could essentially do the exact same thing. I think their mm-hmm. emphasis would be on the stills as well, rather than different fermentations and different marks like Hamden's is. And then uh, some some outside the the box ones. Actually, you may have raised this. This may be an, an idea that I'm just stealing from someone, but it's a good one. So if someone else came up with it, I give you full credit. Black Tot, a a brand third party brand like that that blends right. a lot of different stuff together. I could see them releasing some kind of you know here are the primary components of yeah. our annual release all together that you can taste and compare. Um, and well, then the they la- did that. I mean, they, they, there was the the taster set, if you right. will, that they did where Mitch did his whole presentation with it. Mm-hmm. But just you're saying, just make it an actual release. Yeah, make it a commercial release yeah. with um, yeah bigger bottles, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one I had, I, I think any uh, any cane juice rum producer that makes rum from single cane varietals could release yep. a set of different single cane varietals. There's several distilleries that do that, that I think that would be a really cool thing from. So any, any other candidates you can think of that, that I might've missed? Uh, Worthy Park could possibly yeah. do something And Worthy like Parks, that. I think would be very similar to Hamptons. They could just do, you know, the Worthy Park Marks collection, same, exactly. same deal pretty much. Yeah. And we should also note that we're not going to count Hamden's forthcoming release, which is the aged <laughs> version of the eight marks collection. Right, so, which right. is going to come out this year and That's it's essentially the same thing, yeah. but all the marks are just aged for one year. There, there might be a few other places, but those are the Any, big it, ones. Like a I lot of, a lot of Jamaican producers, I think could right. do it. The NRJ distilleries could do yep. the same thing. Yep. So yeah, I mean, even a distillery like Foursquare might be able to do their own version of it. Different percentages of pot and column, that kind of thing. I would be really surprised if, if Foursquare did that. I think I, I feel like they like to leave a little bit of mystery to like 
the components of their blend a little bit. Like they'll tell you it's a pot and column blend, but they're not going to give you the like, this one's 80, 20, you know, this one's 65, mm. 35, whatever. Seem to keep that info a little closer to the vest. Yeah. You have to wonder if maybe, like you're saying, they like to keep that a little bit more guarded because the, there could be the thought process of the opposite of like, well, I liked this particular percentage blend so much that I'm only going to look for that type of release from now on. Mm, um, maybe, maybe so. Well, although um, I would think there's less of that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I've heard Richard Seal talk about before that transparency doesn't necessarily mean like telling you every single thing about mm-hmm. how something is made, which I'm actually fine with that. Like as much as we love getting like all the details and like the breakdown of every single release, I'm fine with the producer leaving a little bit up to like, you know, we'll tell you what we made it out of, but you know, we're going to leave some of it. It's our kind of our a little mystery. I don't have a yeah. problem with a little bit of mystery. I don't need to know every last detail. Tell me the ingredients. Be honest about your age statement. And from there, you know, if you don't want to say what kind of casks you aged it in or whatever, I mean, that's that's your prerogative. I don't know. I want to put a pin in that for us to come back to maybe to a future episode, because I do feel like there's something there worthy of exploring, but it's almost a full conversation in and of itself. Okay. Um, So, yeah, I'd love to put a pin in that. Let's come back to it. Okay. All right. All right. So we've gotten through each of our first couple of predictions. Do you want me to do my second ones or do you want to go back to yours? yeah, let me do it because okay. I want your big swing to be last because I, I, I don't like hearing that every so year. So wait, here's the oh, thing. You don't I don't, have a I don't big think swing I really have a big swing. Son of, like, oh. I'm not saying that I'm not going out on a limb on some of these, but I don't have any that are a little goofy. Like a few years ago, I predicted the nine-syllable Foursquare ECS yeah. release. Last year, I did the specific celebrity release. I just yeah. didn't have one that I felt the same oh. degree of passion for as those. So oh. um, yeah, I'm I don't so have deflated. the I don't have the wacky prediction this year. But but Fine. go go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, well, I have a wacky enough for both of us. Okay. So my next two marks here are going to be Mark Antony, the Puerto Rican singer, Mm -hmm. and Mark Anthony, the statesman from ancient Rome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh Yeah. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm going with these before I get to the prediction, Mark Anthony... Puerto Rican, and that will become obvious as to why okay. uh, he's involved. And Mark Anthony, because you know he was well known within ancient Rome. He was a very right. like a personality, but he was also considered uncouth by okay. some. He he didn't have like uh, you know a lot of respect from some of the community. Okay, and I think that w- what I'm trying a to say here is a little bit of a potty mouth, a little bit of that, or just manners wise, or just wasn't you know respected. And some all of right. this is not going to translate. But all right, so my prediction is. A well-known Puerto Rican rum brand yeah. is going to release a premium sipping rum at higher or 50% ABV or higher into the market this year. And I'm not sure, but it may well be like a new mark that hasn't been released before or whatever they may want to call that. Okay. Like a high congener or, or something along those Heavy lines. Heavy rum. Heavy rum, right. Um, but that they're going to release this okay. in this year. Okay, it's so I get the, the like it's it's something mm-hmm. a little non-traditional, unexpected. So that's where the the uncouth uh, exactly. comparison came in. So you got not it. literally it may uncouth. Even be just, yeah. Bacardi. It may it could even be, be Bacardi, yeah. which is where that Mark Anthony kind of reference comes from for rum enthusiasts as well. So okay. yes, that's the two Mark Anthony's, Mark Anthony and Mark Anthony there, and it's going to be. I, I I feel like. This is going to happen, and I think it's going to actually take some people by storm if it does. 
by storm in the sense that it'll they, be really good they they will appreciate it oh yeah. okay all right i yeah i guess i forgot I, I guess that we're both buying each other's first predictions since it was oh, the same shoot. prediction. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, this one, I'll, I'll buy this too, actually, because, Ooh, okay. I mean, Don Q got pretty close last year with the Cognac cask. I believe yep. it was 49% ABV. And I don't know, we've been complaining about this on the podcast for years now. So, and I mean, we're not the only ones clamoring for this, the rum enthusiast market is. So, you know, I think people at Puerto Rican distilleries, even at Bacardi, are, are listening to the rum enthusiast community. I'm not saying they're doing everything the rum enthusiast community wants, but I think somebody is is hearing it at least. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised I, if it happened. Yeah, I just feel like they're they're starting to, some of the bigger brands, including Bacardi, but others, are starting to kind of get the idea that, hmm, there's kind of two levels to rum. There's the everybody out there type of rum that they do sell a lot of. And then there's this niche rum enthusiast market. And I feel like for better or for worse, Will, because, you know, you, you don't know how this could go. They're going to try to tap into that. Yeah. I think there's a third group as well, which is people who aren't necessarily rum enthusiasts, but they see something that's limited and very expensive and are like, I'm on vacation, so I must have that, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good one. Yep. So, okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that prediction. And I'd love to see it come true. You know, depending on the price, I would probably buy whatever rum that is to check it out. That's another factor, yeah. Okay, my second prediction. In 2024, we will see two or more intra-island or intra-country blended rums. So hmm. think of these as something in the style of Papillon. Okay. So there have been two of those releases. Actually, there's been more than two because there were different versions of some of them. But yeah. um, one of them was the Jamaica release, which was a blend of Hampton and Worthy Park rums that were right. aged 100% at origin. The other one was the Haiti release that was a blend of five different producers in Haiti, all aged at origin as well. So... This is a concept that I think could apply to a lot of different places. And it's something when I think about it, I'm like, why don't we see this more often? You know, I, I do think, you know, sometimes we see IBs doing a little bit of this, but a lot of times there's also another component in the blend. And most of the time, if it's a multi-country blend, it's or like a multi-distillery blend, it's just going to be distilleries from different countries, right? But I think right. there's something to the idea of, different distilleries from the same country, bringing them together and seeing what new things they can bring out of each other. There's just something kind of cool about it. And I'd love to see more creative ideas coming about uh, up out of this. And, you know, we also, in our Isadier interview, we learned about uh, Rum Charette, which is right. the blend of all the distilleries on Reunion that's cool. been yeah. being mm -hmm. made for like a really long time. And all the distilleries contribute to it and it's bottled. It's a, you know, a different brand. Something like that would be so cool to see in other places. So yeah. um, a you few... You think we can get that from Barbados? Yes, that was about to say a, a few ideas that came to mind. Barbados, I, I don't think all the distilleries are going to contribute <laughs> yeah. uh, for obvious reasons, but... How has there not already been, I mean, we've seen like the Save Barbados Rum campaign, yes. you know, to, to build oh, the GI. that in a bottle would why be great. Isn't, why isn't there a yeah. Save Barbados Rum blend of Mount Gay, Dude. Foursquare, and St. Nicholas Abbey? I don't know why this hasn't happened that, yet, but... That's a check being waiting to be cashed. Yeah, right. it's a slam dunk. Just, you know, yeah. please please don't charge too much for it. <laughs> and bottle a lot of it. Don't, don't make it, you know, 500 bottles. Make a lot. People will buy it. A few other <laughs> ideas I had... I think any 
country where there's like two distilleries. So Belize came to mind. A Kapali and Travelers yeah. blend could be pretty yeah. interesting. Kind of an yep. old meets new type thing. Molasses yep. meets cane juice. I think there's some interesting stuff that could go on there. Also, Mexico. I think you could do a very yeah. similar concept to that Papel and Haiti release, but in Mexico featuring different, I would probably focus on regions maybe, so different Oaxacan producers. You could also potentially do different Sharanda producers in Michoacan. So a lot of cool stuff you could do there. And then any of the agricole producing places. We already talked about Reunion, but Guadalupe, Martinique, there's so many different possibilities of stuff you could do there. And maybe even some that exist already that I'm unaware of, but I don't know. I, I just I, I'm I don't know if I'm going out on a limb because I'm only predicting two of these. But, you know, at the end of the day, someone has to make it happen for this to, to be a thing. So I think it would be really cool to see this. So it's kind of wishful thinking on my part. It but it, it also yeah. it just seems like an idea that like 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 we were just saying, why hasn't there been the the Save Barbados rum blend? Yeah. So I, I'm putting it out there Two two or more of these this year. Well, I'm, I'm going to buy because I'm with you in wanting to see this happen. Okay. I feel like you said if these are quality producers and they can put something together, it's, it's nice to see. I think there is risk involved with it in the sense like if I look at this from the viewpoint of, say, an independent bottler, you, you, sometimes you just don't know what you have until you, I guess, blend it. And I, I don't know that everybody has somebody in their company that mm. has the right palate for it, you know, that right. can say, yes, this is what we want. Or if they're getting, if the relationship they have with the producers is so good, like Velier, mm. La Maison and Velier mm. has, that they can rely upon those sources to say, hey, here's the blend that's going to work for this, or maybe try this, you know, that kind of thing. In other words, I don't think you can just be an independent botter, bottler, buy a cask from each of those and just see what happens. Right. I, I do think, though, that, I mean, you know, we've been through the process a little bit with Cheer of yeah. of ordering different blend components and stuff and, like, you know, mixing them together. So well, I do they think do a fantastic it, job. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. they could absolutely assist independent bottlers with mm-hmm. that. But what mm-hmm. I'm hoping for is distillery driven releases from this because i mean like those barbados distillers we mentioned if you bring all of that talent together oh they're definitely going to find a blend that works between mm. those three distilleries also because they're going to have access to yeah everything basically i mean some stuff would probably be off limits or, or you know they might not want to include but i you know i just think there would be something there i do want to bring up a few things that i would exclude from counting in this so if something comes that is a blend of clarendon and long pond i don't think that should count money musk product products already yeah include rum from both distilleries so that's kind of like already being done so i don't really want to count that since it's already out there and I'm trying to remember if there are any other exclusions. I think that's it. So anyway, putting that out there to the universe, hope it happens. Be really fun. But Australia could probably do something like yeah. that. Too. The US the US could do it as well. The US. Yeah. Yeah. There's I mean, there's a ton of distilleries. You could go like individual state and do like mm-hmm. a Louisiana mm-hmm. blend, a Hawaii blend. Mm-hmm. You could uh, do a New England blend or something. So I think there's there's all kinds of possibilities out there. So imagine a Martinique. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I brought that up. I listed yeah. it off um, earlier. Yeah. 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 There's incredible possibilities there. All right. So what is your final prediction? My final prediction. Um, I had a few different ones. I was kind of kicking around some things. But like you, I felt like they were resting more on my wish list than they were mm. on what I thought would happen. Right. Um, this is a big swing. 
Okay. It's not a wild swing. It's not. I'm not trying to be cheeky, although I'm going to do my mark thing here in a, sen- in a second. But it is a big swing with regards to how I'm trying to see this come together. And I really have no basis for it other mm-hmm. than I've seen other spirit categories do it, be successful with it. And I feel like at some point, someone's going to take the idea and run with it. In run. Okay. Hit me. So your two marks, your last two marks are Mark Zuckerberg. Because of his business model of having people want to share experiences and share differences. (laughs) Data. Uh, And and, yeah, big data. There you go. Uh, And Mark Twain, because he was known to do things differently and because we're going to cross the Mississippi River with this one in the sense that this is going to be a release that's going to be widespread across the U.S. (laughs) You're really Really, stretching these marks. Really reaching that mark. I also... I, I, I don't... We can circle back to this, but I don't think I quite see the connection with the first two marks. I'm still thinking about Mark Cuban and Saint Mark. Uh, I didn't didn't get the connection there, but but go the, on with your third prediction. The business savvy element of the Hampton Eight Mark series was a, a masterstroke. But in how that. does Saint Mark relate to that? He's evangelizing he Rome. No, no, no. Oh, it, okay. It, Evangelist. So, okay. Yes. All right. Come All on. Right. Okay. Keep with it, Will. You're right. right. I, I'm wrong. It makes total obvious sense. <laughs> Mark Twain might be a stretch. I give you that one. All right. So have you ever, Will, I'm sure you have. You've seen Four Roses Bourbon. Yeah. Are you familiar with the concept of some of what they do? Wait, are they the one that puts out, that uses like several different yeast strains? Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know a little bit about that. So they have four different variables, and mm-hmm. they have letters for each of them. Right, yeah, Meaning yeah. Meaning yeah. e- every one of them has like an OESQ mm-hmm. or all of these type of things that make them very specific. And what I see is rum has the ability to do this. There's many producers that can do something like this. Yeah. And I believe at some point someone is going to do a wide release, small batch, single variable or multiple variable type of bottling that is going to be it could be a blend it doesn't have to be a, a single barrel or anything yeah okay but a, a brand new widely available type of release that has this type of thing i, I believe we're close already so i think renegade is getting pretty close to this mm. right but i don't think they've put it all together in the way that i'm talking about also kohana is doing something similar with their single cane varietals. It, it, there's there's things that are floating around this kind of thing, but there really isn't something just yet that says, hey, here's four different bottlings, and each of these has four different variables. They're small batch releases, so we're not talking about, you know, they're, they're widely available is what I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of the whatever the, the, the release umbrella would be called, you okay. know? So I know for Four Roses, they call it their small batch. And then whatever the small batch is, you look at the code on the back and you'll see the different variables. Gotcha. And so each of them has this kind of slightly different, or maybe I'm getting it wrong now and it's single barrel. I, I haven't looked at Four Roses in a while. But my, the idea is still there. You have an umbrella type of release. It can be released in different places in different ways, but you go to the back and you see, okay, what does this particular barrel or bottle have in it or blend versus another one? And, and the yeast strain is a factor in these yeast strain, yeast strain is a factor, yes. So that's what I think is going to happen. Whether or not it actually happens this year, that's going to be tough. 
But I'm going to big swing it and say somebody's going to put this together because, like I said, I do see Renegade getting close. I see Kohana doing something similar. There's others that are doing something along these lines that I think could fit. But they've all been doing it at small levels. So this is a release that I think is going to be from a, hopefully, a, a big enough producer that everybody has access to some of this. Interesting. In so you United don't States. you don't think Renegade is big enough to qualify for this? Because I mean, their distribution is decent, and they're not massive, but like they're bigger than most new distilleries. And so you know, it's not like everything is only a couple hundred bottles or anything. I think they're huge, but I don't think they've gotten there in the U.S. yet. Mm. Um, I I know for sure I've had trouble sourcing bottles here. Uh, sure. And yeah. Not available in every state necessarily. Right. And and what I'm looking for is something that's going to bridge the East Coast, West Coast type oh, of right. thing. I forgot the Mark Twain element yes. of this. Have okay. people talking about it across the United States, but they may be slightly different variations of it. And that's that's where I think we're we're trying to Interesting. get to it. Okay. But but the main thing with these releases is that different yeast strains are gonna be a prominent factor in the differences in some of the releases. Different yeast strains or different marks or a combination thereof. Oh, okay. So this isn't just about yeast strains. No, no. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought you were, because I, I, the Four Roses thing, they're all about the yeast. So I thought you were saying specifically it'll be yeast strains. So no. in, your, in your opinion, then, is Renegade already fulfilling this? It's just that they're not available in enough places for you to count it? Uh, again, I would say they're getting close, but I don't feel like they're there yet with regards to what they're... I think it's their vision um, okay. to do so, but I don't see it yet i see them doing the single plot uh releases unaged i know that those have been out for a few people in different places but not widespread and then i saw the etude series from them which was even more difficult to find and maybe it's just a a distribution issue you you might be right but i i think what i'm looking for is again if it's an etude series right which they've said etudes are kind of single releases like they're they're one and done's I'm talking about a continuous release. Okay. That is something that you can say over time, there's certain variables that are listed on the bottle that will change. So it's almost the antithesis of what bar back look for, right? They want consistency. They want to know every time I pick up a bottle of whatever it is, I can make a drink, it's going to be the same. This one is more along the lines of, well, it's similar but it's also unique in its own thing based on the small variables within it. Okay, interesting. I think I'm going to sell on this one just because... I can because, tell by your face halfway through this Well, I, I just think you're getting too big with it. Yeah. Like, I, I think Renegade is already doing this. And, I mean, you know, I like I think they they're... a a big enough size to where it's kind of a noticeable impact in the rum world. But I mean, that's not what you're saying. You're saying it's going to be a big widespread, everyone can get it thing. And yeah. that's where I just like, I don't see that happening this year just because like, it's pretty substantial. It's multiple releases. And if they're, if it's going to be something where like, they're going to keep releasing them all the time, like a lot of thought and planning and stuff has had to go into that. So yeah. I just don't see a, a big producer doing that this year. Let me try to put a finer point on it. If Renegade were to do this, this is what I would see from them. It would be a single bottling that says they're using at least four different plots, right? If not more. Because they have one released now that just came out with like, it's a, all, you know, a, a bunch of them thrown together. Yeah, a cuvee. Um, but this one would say, okay, this specific bottle has, 
you know, whatever code it is, 10% of this plot, 15% of this plot, 35% of this plot, and blank of this plot, so that it it comes together. They do have the Kane code to already do it, so they have a good system. I mean, I think the Cuvée release is what you're saying, though. But it's but it's it's the same thing in each bottle. Okay. I'm yeah. saying you're gonna have under that umbrella. <laughs> okay. Y- this is like, why I'm oh. selling because this is too confusing and it's too specific. Nothing's gonna come out that is exactly what you're describing. It's gonna be like slightly different in some way, and then you're gonna have to give yourself half credit again or something like that. So <laughs> that's why I'm selling on it. Uh, I, well, yeah, that's not bad uh, in terms of <laughs> where my head was going. But uh, no, I mean, I'm doing a, a poor job of explaining it probably. But the idea is you'll see something that is a large release, if this were to be true, large release with different variables under that umbrella of the release. Okay. So w- w- we'll see. I, I'm good with you selling. That's okay. fine. I'll take double credit when it happens. Yeah. Um, It'll be that much sweeter when it when it happens, for sure. The, the, the question will be, can I convince you that... that that right, we're gonna have to actually, go back and like like Zapruder this footage to like break down like exactly how it happened and everything. I need um, some red yarn so yeah. I can connect the dots <laughs> exactly. for you. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I th- I think what you're describing sounds cool. I think what Renegade is doing is cool, and it sounds similar to that. So yeah, I'm I'm all for it. But yeah, uh, I'm st- sticking with my my selling on it for 2024. <laughs> okay, my last one. I guess like this is I don't know if this is really. Uh, it, it's a it's a big swing, maybe not as wild and wacky as last year's. But okay. so Renegade is actually part of this a little bit. It's not part of the prediction, but it mm. informed the prediction to an extent. So something we've been seeing in recent years has been experts from other spirit categories building from scratch distilleries in the Caribbean. So Mark Rainier has the Scotch. Another Mark. Yeah, nice. another Mark. Seven marks. He has the Scotch and wine background. You know, he started Brooklady in Scotland, the Scotch distillery, started Renegade. I believe their first rums came out in 2022, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Then last year, we had the announcement that I referred to earlier in the show. Uh, Kilcomon, another Scotch producer, announcing the construction of the new distillery in Barbados. And something that I've had kicking around in my head for a while when we've been doing these predictions is I've been waiting for an American whiskey producer to make some sort of big move into rum. And we've seen this a little bit where I'm not talking about like a spirits conglomerate making an acquisition or something like that, because last year we saw Brown Foreman, which I do believe owns a number of American whiskey brands. They acquired Diplomatico last year. And I'm not talking about just like buying something. What I'm predicting for 2024 is that there will be an announcement of either an American whiskey distillery or someone whose background is in American whiskey production will be doing something similar and building a rum distillery in the Caribbean somewhere. I think the prime suspect countries would probably be Puerto Rico or the Virgin Island, the U S Virgin islands, just because they have the connection Mm -hmm. uh, with the United States. And I'm sure that might make a number of logistical and regulatory things easier. But I just think that we always hear about new rum brands trying to sell to whiskey drinkers in the U S and, you know, there's a number of IBs who really focus on that. A number of, you know, even rum producers who I think are very aware of trying to market to those producers. And I just think the American whiskey producers 
have to be paying attention to that and seeing that a little bit. And it just would make sense to me that one of them might want to get ahead of it and make a really big investment in ROM, not just in acquiring something, but building something from the ground up. Now, in order to do that, I think it takes a huge commitment and yeah. a really big vision as well, which is one of the most surprising things, just the more we learned about Renegade, just the fact that, and especially once we learned like what an enormous effort it was and how much money went into it. And obviously the pandemic affected that in a lot of ways, but it's not for the faint of heart, what I'm suggesting, which is why I think it's a, a big swing prediction. But I just, I think it makes sense at a high level it will just take the right person who really believes in it and who can really sell it as a long-term thing. Also, unlike the other predictions, I'm not necessarily sitting here being like, someone must do this. Like, I don't think rum needs whiskey drinkers mm -hmm. or whiskey producers to save it or like tell them how to do it properly or anything like that. I just think it's the kind of idea that I think could be appealing to American whiskey companies, people with that background, it could be something that they see as interesting and uh, a worthwhile long-term investment. So that is my prediction for 2024. Again, announcing, not that it will be built because these things take time. Does it have to be in the Caribbean? Well, um, uh, maybe I should change it because I could see, I could also see them doing it somewhere in the U.S., I just think, I think when you do it somewhere that the average spirits consumer already associates with rum, I mm -hmm. think it makes things easier. It's an easier story to sell when you already have some sort of provenance, I would say, to the product. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I feel like this prediction hinges a little bit on how well rum is doing especially super premium or ultra premium rums right. like some of the ones we talked about earlier and how expensive they are well um, i mean i think that's where you know what i hear when i talk to people in the industry is that the growth comes from the premium portion of the marketplace in rum um, right it's not the cheap stuff that's growing the category it's the more expensive stuff now i don't know necessarily if that means the super super uber ultra premium stuff uh yeah. you know there's yeah. like degrees of premium i don't i don't know specifically where most of yeah. that growth is coming from but um it does seem like there's been consistent growth in you know enthusiast style rums this is a tough one for me i think i'm gonna end up selling on it and I think it's more, the, the argument is not necessarily a, against your logic with it or how you're setting it up. It's more against something of the approach of like, well, you mentioned already, it's not that you want for this to happen because you want a whiskey producer to come in and try to, you know, do right. something different in rum. But there's also something like, I love how... La Maison and Velier is like discovering things and then pushing them out wider. And I don't love the idea of someone coming in and trying to build something from the ground up in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, and I also feel like, although I have to give credit to Mark in Renegade, I do think he's done a fantastic job with it. So it is clearly can be done. Um, uh, I feel like it's more likely they're just going to buy a distillery. Yeah, I could see that too. I thought about including buy as well, but I don't, I don't know. I wanted to I wanted to go out on a limb a little bit. Yeah, and like no, like I, I said, I like that. we've seen two 
people slash companies do this in very recent history. They've just both been from uh, the UK. So right. I don't know. I mean, you know, the U.S. is closer to a lot of these places. So <laughs> why couldn't it happen? But I do agree with you. Like, I'm not saying that just because it happens, it'll be a good thing and that they'll do it the right way. I could mm-hmm. see wrong ways of doing this for sure. But, yeah. you know, people doing stuff the wrong way is usually a safe prediction to make in lots of different fields. So uh, this just again, in someone's going to do something wrong in yeah, 2024. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so <laughs> I don't have a problem if you want to sell on it. I do think it's, you know, it's, it's not a guarantee, but it's something I could see happening. And yeah, I think there's a case for it. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not saying this is so left field that it makes zero sense. I'm just yeah. saying I, I, it's a tough one to put into this year. It certainly could happen. Also, I guess I didn't really characterize enough when you say a a, a a whiskey producer, like, are we talking like anyone or like it has to be like a well-known brand? Nope, just anyone. I mean, they have to like, it can't be someone who like just likes whiskey or something. Someone who's like, yeah, I've always loved whiskey and now I want to start around it. So like they, yeah. they need to have had some background of being active in the American whiskey industry, even if that's just at the craft level, as long yeah. as it's something that, you know, isn't some completely okay. unknown distillery. Yeah. That's what I'll All say. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to sit on my cell, but I'm not like, you know, defiant against it. Okay. Well, I can accept that. Well, I think that that's it for our 2024 predictions. We've got some interesting ones in here. I, th- I think all of these this year are, are going to be pretty easy to know whether they happened or not. But I'm going to send you little reminders throughout the year. Just make sure, hey, checking in on these. How's it going? How's it going? Uh, and, and we'll, we'll yeah, we'll make sure we, we have we have precise, precise follow up in the 2025 edition of this I show. I just hope to confuse you further with my last one so that I can say it came true. <laughs> And you won't fight it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was quite between that and all the marks flying around. It was, it was a mental exercise for me on the show. All right. Well, if you are listening and you have predictions for the rum world in 2024, or if you have thoughts on our predictions for the rum world in 2024, please send us an email host at rumcast.com. That's H O S T at rumcast.com. Or you can contact us on social media. John, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, go at the Rumcast, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We will find you and talk to you there. Who's the eighth mark? We had seven. (laughs) We need one more. So who would be the eighth mark? There's not that many, Will. It's not a lot to choose from famous marks. So I did my best. I can't and, uh, imagine us getting a whole lot of responses on that. But yeah, if you have an eighth mark idea for John's theme of the year, <laughs> please send it in. Uh, I tried to get there. All right. And yeah, and if you really actually just want to talk about rum, <laughs> that's the place to go. Hit us up on uh, DMs there. We'll get to you or uh, or email. And uh, we, we really appreciate it. It was a great year last year, and we are looking forward to that 100th episode. So look yeah. out for more to be coming on that soon. Uh, and we hope you enjoyed the year as much as we did and are looking forward to this year in rum as much as we are. Oh, also, a, a third place to contact us is to join us on Patreon, pop into oh, the Discord, yeah. and let us know your prediction there. We can respond in real time. It's great. All right. With all that said, John, I will see you for our 100th episode next time. Cheers. Cheers.